With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tonight was the final stop on the road to the Royal Rumble. And it was a pretty paint-by-numbers episode of SmackDown Tonight. Roman Reigns was not there. Roman Reigns is actually in my town tonight. Well, I think he already did earlier today. He taped an episode of the uh, Jimmy Fallon show. But the rest of the bloodline was there tonight. Sami Zayn was not supposed to be. If you remember what Roman Reigns said on Raw 30 on Monday night, he was not supposed to be there tonight. The Usos were there, although they ended up getting kicked out of the building. And Kevin Owens seemingly had a fair fight in front of him because he was supposed to go one-on-one tonight with Solo Sokoa. So there's no Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn's not supposed to be there. The Usos got kicked out. It should have been smooth sailing here for KO. But it was not to be. Sammy popped up anybody at the end of the show to help out his boy, and in disobeying the tribal chief, Sammy Zayn may well have sealed his fate tonight. So even though overall this, like I said, a pretty paint-by-numbers episode of SmackDown, uh, it may end up being a very important episode of SmackDown in the progression of the Bloodline story, depending on where this ends up going, because Sammy Zayn disobeyed a direct order from the tribal chief. Speaking of Sami Zayn, uh, he conducted an interview, or he sat down for an interview, I should say, with Ariel Helwani, uh, part one of which dropped earlier today, and it was a very good interview, and I'm going to be getting into it here in just a little bit. I'm going to be uh, talking about that, uh, because he touched on some very interesting topics. He was very honest and very open. This was not an in-character interview, so we're going to get into that. Brock Lesnar showed up on SmackDown tonight to lay out Bobby Lashley again and add his name to the list of participants in the Royal Rumble match tomorrow night. You might be asking Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, what is this, Monday Night Raw? Hey, we also had The Miz on the show tonight. We had the United States champion Austin Theory on the show tonight. As Michael Cole said, it's Royal Rumble season, so all the rules go out the window. I guess, uh, The rules go out the window regardless of what season it is. But now they have an excuse because it's Royal Rumble season. Then it'll be WrestleMania season. It used to be Survivor Series season. Why even have rules? Why even have a brand split? Uh, The finals are set for the number one contenders tournament for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. We now have our final two teams. I'm going to tell you who those teams are. And Lacey Evans. I know this is what all of you have been waiting for. Lacey Evans, her... I guess you would call re-debut debut tonight after all the weeks and weeks of vignettes. And she had a wardrobe malfunction on SmackDown tonight. Not the type of wardrobe malfunction I'm sure you're all thinking of. All of you just perked up in your chairs. What did I miss on SmackDown tonight? We'll talk about it. This is your Friday night SmackDown review. The final one. For the month of January here, 2023, January 27th to be exact. Uh, Let's get into the uh, Sami Zayn stuff. I want to lead off with this. 
Uh, before we get into the SmackDown review here, I want to talk about Sami Zayn and the interview that he did with Ariel Helwani. Uh, that dropped today. It went a little over 20 minutes, and I was ready for it to go 20 more. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and by the way, it will be going at least another 20 minutes because there is a part two. Uh, I don't know when part two is supposed to drop, uh, but I do know that in that uh, part, he talks about his memories of Jay Briscoe. Uh, probably among other things, but he does talk about Jay Briscoe, so that is something to uh, keep an eye out for. But again, I really enjoyed it. Sammy, he's, he's a fascinating guy to listen to. Just the way his brain works, uh, kind of in real time. Uh, I, I think he's a smart guy, and I just I like the way that he uh, describes things when he talks about it. So I thought it was a very honest, out-of-character interview. They talk about the Royal Rumble tomorrow. They talk about the Bloodline storyline. Uh, and they talked about the possibility, very openly, of Sami Zayn going to WrestleMania and challenging Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Championship. Ariel asked him about the genesis of the Bloodline story, which has over the months become the best thing about WWE television. It is the best storyline that this company has produced in a number of years. And really, it has become the thing, especially on SmackDown, uh, that I tuned into these shows for. You know, the one thing I consistently look forward to every week is what is going to be the next chapter of this Bloodline story? Hey, David, thank you for the sub, by the way. Uh, what is going to be the, uh, you know, the next chapter of this story? What, where is this going? What is the payoff here? Right? I look forward to this every week. So Ariel asked him about the genesis of the story. And Sammy said that he already had an idea for it a year ago. You know, he had an idea in mind for, for where this might be able to go as far back as a year ago. He said, now, did I ever think that it would actually happen? No. He said there was initially an idea because at the time I was calling myself the locker room leader. Roman Reigns is obviously the head of the table. This is actually, coincidentally, it happened to come from an interview that Roman did with Ariel Helwani that kind of spawned this entire thing. Uh, because Ariel had asked Roman, is there anyone that you would particularly want to work with in WWE? And Sammy said that Roman mentioned his name. And obviously he was very, you know, he saw that as a huge compliment that the biggest star in the company wanted to work with him. So he mentioned uh, Sammy's name. So he said, one time we were talking, he, he and Roman, and he was like, man, I have this idea. It would be so fun to do some on-screen stuff together. He said some of it was his idea also. It wasn't for me to be like a full-fledged member of the bloodline or anything like that, but uh, it would be very cool if we had this kind of periodic relationship where, hey, you know, just checking in, Roman, how's it going? You know, that sort of thing. Just to be able to show his character, a new side of his character, to show some range. And obviously it doesn't hurt Sami Zayn to rub elbows with the top star in the company. So he said that was the inception. So he had this idea of how it could go. He just didn't think it would actually happen. He just didn't think it was practical and realistic that, you know, Vince McMahon at the time uh, would go for an idea like that. So it started, and he said about two months in, he was like, all right, I don't think this is going anywhere. He started doing some stuff, and he felt like they just sort of hit a wall, and 
where, where do we go from here? What do we do now? And he thought maybe it was time to just call it a day and move on. Like, we've done what we can do here, and it's time to move on to something else. And then what happened is the stars aligned because he and Roman were kept away from each other for a very long time. There was no interaction at the beginning with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Sami would interact with Paul Heyman. He would interact with the Usos. But if you think about it, it was months into this, at least a couple of months, if not longer, into this before Sami Zayn had any on-screen interaction with Roman Reigns. Uh, But then they went to Montreal. Everything happens in Montreal. They went to Montreal in August. And that was the night that the Usos weren't there. Paul Heyman wasn't there. And they ended up on screen together. And they interacted for the first time. They had good chemistry. And the fact they were in Montreal, they were going to love whatever Sammy was doing. So it got a great reaction live. He said that was in August. And here we are now at the end of January. Now, one of the interesting parts of this, Ariel asked him if Vince McMahon was still in charge of creative. And I'm sure there are people who are in this chat right now who would say, I didn't know he wasn't in charge of creative. But he asked me, he said, you know, if Vince McMahon, if that stuff never happened and Vince McMahon was still in charge of creative, do you think that the story would have progressed to where it is now? And Sammy thought about it and he said, honestly, he says, I'm not sure, but I don't think so. He says, I don't think so. And I think he's right, by the way. If Vince McMahon was still in charge of creative and all that stuff that happened last summer didn't happen. Do you believe that the bloodline story involving, I mean, the bloodline would still be a thing, but do you believe that this story with Sami Zayn would still be going on right now? I don't think so. I don't think it would. So he pointed out that it was after Triple H took over, literally within a matter of maybe two or three weeks after Triple H took over, that Sami and Roman had their first on-screen interaction together. He said before that, they were keeping them apart. Now, maybe it was by design. Maybe eventually, yes, there would have been something on screen with them. We'll never know. But in his mind, it just so happened that, you know, up to that point, they kept us apart. And then within a matter of weeks, when Triple H takes the book, all of a sudden, me and Roman are doing stuff on screen together. That's not a coincidence. Ariel asked if he thinks as popular as he is right now. If he doesn't win the Royal Rumble tomorrow night, if the fans might revolt against the winner. And Ariel mentioned the fact that, you know, Cody Rhodes, his name has been mentioned as the favorite, and he has to be. Cody Rhodes has to be the favorite to win the men's Royal Rumble match tomorrow. And he asked Sammy, do you think the fans will revolt as they've done sometimes in the past at the Royal Rumble if they don't get Sammy Zayn winning the Royal Rumble match? Sammy said, you know, maybe among the hardcore fans like himself and Ariel, potentially that could happen. But he said there's a lot of casual fans that he thinks are just along for the ride, for the story. He said, I don't think the fans are where they were five or six years ago, where they would revolt when they were like, Daniel Bryan's the guy, you're trying to give us Batista, we're going to get this changed. Yeah. Hey, Rodimus Prime, thank you for the $15 super chat. Rodimus Prime dropping some love here on the channel. I love it. 
So he doesn't see it the same way as the Daniel Bryan situation from many years ago where the fans were basically telling WWE, we're going to force you to give us what we want. He says he doesn't feel that level of, I don't know, borderline contempt from the audience towards the creative direction. I think because the story has been so interesting, there's a little bit of trust in that it will go where it goes and it'll still be fine. And I just thought that was a great point. I thought that was a very smart point that he made uh, in saying that. Part of the reason that the fans revolted the last time, you go back to 2014, 2015, part of the reason the fans revolted was the general booking of Daniel Bryan at that time, the end of 2013 going into the beginning of 2014. And yes, you know, we got that great all time, you know, moment on Monday Night Raw where Bray, you know, Brian breaks away from Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family, sheds the skin of the Wyatts in the cage and everything. That was a great moment. It's one of my favorite Raw moments. So there was some good that came out of, of his booking, you know, during that period. But overall, you know, it really felt like they were mishandling Daniel Bryan. I, I mean, anybody with a brain could see that they were not tapping into uh, the potential in him as a bigger star until their hand got forced. Now, in the end, Right, they ended up doing the right thing, and uh, you know, Brian Brian ended up getting his his moment, but they were not fully taking advantage of his popularity at that time. Uh, with Sami Zayn, it's a different story. You know, the bloodline story is the best thing going in WWE right now. Sami Zayn is right square in the middle of it. How can you say that if Sami Zayn doesn't win the Royal Rumble tomorrow night? You know, boo, WWE, uh, they're, they're fucking up Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn has been the star of the show. He's been right there with Roman Reigns now for months. Everywhere the bloodline goes, Sami Zayn goes. He's in all the key segments on television. Apparently his segments are actually doing well when you look at the quarter hours. He was front and center. And the, whole, the whole opening segment of Raw 30 on Monday night was all about him. It was literally called The Trial of Sami Zayn. So I, I agree with him. It is not the same thing. This is not the Daniel Bryan booking of 2014. Sami Zayn has been in a very cushy spot now for a number of months, and I want this to pay off in the best possible way. I, I, I want them to stick the landing. I don't want them to fuck up in the end after they've come all this way. And it's possible they could fuck it up. I don't think they will. The one thing they have taken great pains with, and I, I, you know, to me, Paul Heyman has to have his his hands in this, especially when it comes to the dialogue in some of the segments. I am sure that Paul Heyman has had some sort of role or influence in this storyline over these months. Given who's involved, the top talent in the company, Paul, like this is probably their baby. I can't see them fucking up the end of the story. But it may be a situation where the people who want Sammy to win the Rumble don't get what they want. I don't think that means an automatic revolt. And I thought that was a very astute uh, point for him to make here in this interview. And I also think it was a different situation back then where, frankly, you just didn't have a lot of people who had faith in Vince McMahon's booking at that time. I don't think that's the case with Triple H. Not everything that, that Triple H does, you know, is perfect. Or I like everything that he's done booking-wise since he's taken over. But I do think that there's a certain level of faith that fans have in what he has done and that he will get 
us to a place where, in the end, it will make sense and it will be a satisfying conclusion. I wouldn't say that if this was still the Vince McMahon booking era of WWE. I have a lot more faith in Triple H than I did Vince McMahon at the tail end of his booking career. So it is not the same situation. Uh, and again, back in 2014, they, they ended up doing the right thing. They got forced into it when CM Punk walked out. It all worked out in the end. But Brian even said in his own book that, you know, before WrestleMania, he was slotted six from the top against Sheamus. And I think to myself, as over as he was at that time, just the mere fact that he would have been slotted that far down the card tells me that we were not dealing with people who truly understood what the fans wanted. Until the fans made a lot of noise and flat out told them, this is what we want. This is not the same situation. Sammy continued, he said, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are pulling for me. That's great. It's nice to be that guy. But I don't think it's a place like Daniel Bryan was in 2014. Uh, They had to play cleanup, he said, after that situation. So I think that it's necessarily, uh, I don't think it's necessarily the same thing. Is there a possibility of whether it's Cody, whether it's anybody, if it's done right, you can do almost anything. It has to be done well. If it's not done well, if it's not done right, could there be some kind of backlash to, man, this story made the most sense, and he was the guy that fans liked, and everything was right there, but they went this way? If they don't do it right, there is the possibility of contempt towards whoever that person is, whether it's Cody or whether it's somebody else. It could be anybody. If it's not done right, it could hurt that person. But you know, we work with a lot of people who know how to do things right. So if I'm not the guy, and he said, I genuinely, as of this exact conversation, I have no idea what the plan is, but he said it doesn't feel that way. Uh, And I agree. It does not feel that way at all. But his most interesting answer, I thought, came in response to Ariel's question of whether or not we could see him as the champion and as the face of WWE. He said, if I'm being honest, I could win the world title. I could carry it for a while. I could go do talk shows. I could do all that stuff. I don't know if I'm the guy that you can necessarily hit your wagon to for the next five or ten years like the face of the company, just if nothing else, because I'm somewhat realistic about my physical appearance. I'm not as big as, say, Roman or Cena or Brock or whoever, and that's typically the guy who's at the head of the scene because they want a certain projection, I think, for the long haul. Could I win the world title? As I said a moment ago, if you do anything right, fans will buy it and they'll get into it. So I think at this point, the way things are built, and I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but if it was me and Roman, at WrestleMania, and if I beat Roman Reigns to win the championship at WrestleMania, and we did it the right way after what we've done for the last nine months, no one is going to go, oh, that's bogus. I'm out. I'm not watching this anymore. I think I could be the guy who could carry that title for six months, go on Jimmy Fallon, make a couple of jokes, have him do that fake laugh that he does, all that good stuff. Sure, I could do that. I could probably do that in my sleep, to be honest. It's just I understand the company's projection of what they see as the face of the company. The champion and the face are almost two different people, two different things. I feel like I could be the champ, no problem, as far as being the guy they like. Number one, he's our guy. Uh, He's the poster boy. I know physically I don't fit the mold. So I don't know if it's just me being self-deprecating or what it is, but I'm a realist when it comes to that. And again. He is absolutely right. 
I thought he was bang on with that answer. He's absolutely right. Kofi Kingston was WWE champion for six months at a time when the fans really got behind it. Right? They they struck gold there at the beginning of the year. Kofi Mania coming out of the Elimination Chamber. People genuinely wanted to see Kofi Kingston have his WrestleMania moment. He had been there for so long. He's a likable guy, very talented, but was never looked at at that level. But they had a story. And the fans bought into it. And they went with it. And I was at that WrestleMania. That's the last WrestleMania I went to. There was genuine emotion in the crowd. I was emotional when Kofi won that championship. And the New Day lifted him up on their shoulders. And Kofi's son came into the ring to celebrate. And they gave him the t-shirt. And he climbed up onto the, you know, the bottom rope. And he's throwing t-shirts into the crowd. It was such a great moment. All right. It just that you could feel that there was this groundswell of support and they ran with it. And Kofi Kingston got six months with a great story as the WWE champion. Jinder Mahal got six months as the WWE champion. He didn't have no story. He had a six-month run as champion and was ice cold because he came out of nowhere. There was no story. His physical appearance changed and Vince McMahon went, God damn, pal. How come we don't have the belt on him? And Shinsuke Nakamura was left to do jobs to Jinder Mahal for the next six months. But even Jinder Mahal, cold, with no story, had six months as WWE champion. You're going to tell me that Sami Zayn can't be WWE champion? Get the fuck out of here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sami Zayn could absolutely be the WWE champion, but he also is right in that he is not going to be the guy. He is not going to be the face of WWE. And I made this comment on Twitter earlier today, and I think it's a I think it's an appropriate analogy. I don't look at Sami Zayn as the John Cena or the, and I don't think anybody does, honestly, as the John Cena, the Roman Reigns, the Brock Lesnar, the Rock, the Stone Cold. When you think of the face of the company, the poster boy of the company, those are the guys. Look at over the last 10, 15, 20 years who this company has put in that position. I said Stone Cold, the Rock, Brock Lesnar, John Cena. Roman Reigns. Randy Orton was, you know, he's always been there. But Randy Orton even, you could say, you could argue in that position. Although guys like Randy Orton and Edge, they were never really the guy, right? The way that John Cena and, and people like that were. You're never going to see Sami Zayn in that position. You're never going to see Kevin Owens in that position. I think the company finally realizes what they have in those two. I think they're, they've, shown their appreciation by involving them in these 
big angles and stories. Last year, Kevin Owens was trusted to go in there after 19 years and give Stone Cold Steve Austin his first match. Uh, so Owens and Zayn have been in the mix, you know, for a while now over, over the over the past year in some pretty prominent uh, positions. Sami Zayn is not any of those guys. Sami Zayn is more akin to mankind or Daniel Bryan when they won the championship. The fans loved McFoley. Mankind won the championship. That's the number one greatest moment in the history of Monday Night Raw. Was that episode of Raw when Austin came down and he helped Foley win the belt? And DX has Mick up on their shoulders and they're parading him around the ring and he gets on the mic and talks to his kids. Because people loved Mankind. They loved Mick Foley. But it was not about Mankind. And he didn't have the title for very long. In fact, he was playing hot potato with the belt for, you know, a few weeks there with The Rock. And ultimately, The Rock got the belt back. It was not about Mankind. He got a nice moment out of it. The fans appreciated it. It wasn't about him. It was about Austin and McMahon. That's what that whole story was. Stone Cold screwed over Vince McMahon that night by having The Rock lose the championship to Mankind. It wasn't about Foley. It was about Austin and McMahon going into the Royal Rumble that year. When Daniel Bryan won the championship at WrestleMania 30, it was a great moment. Now, injuries you know, quickly derailed his run. If Daniel Bryan did not get hurt with his neck when he did, it would have been him in the ring six months later at SummerSlam losing the championship to Brock Lesnar, not John Cena. Only reason John Cena got squashed at SummerSlam is because Daniel Bryan was out hurt. You would have had a lot of very upset people back then, but that's the direction that that was headed in. Because Daniel Bryan was not the long-term face of the company. It was all about getting Brock over, who had just beaten The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And what's the next logical step for him? Well, you got to put the belt on him. Right? And nobody in their right mind would have believed that after beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania, that Brock is going to go to SummerSlam and lose to little Daniel Bryan. There's nothing wrong, though, with being in that spot. If Sami Zayn wins the championship and he's got the title for six months, there's nothing wrong with that. He's right. Not a single person is going to go, oh, that's bogus. Like he said, I'm, I'm not watching anymore. Dan, Sami Zayn is the champion. I'm not going to watch WWE anymore. Not a single fucking person is going to do that. And even if you are so full of shit <laughs> that you say, oh, yeah, well, I would stop watching. Yeah, you would stop watching. You would stop watching, and then you would watch next week. One week, you wouldn't watch. I'm not watching until next Monday when I watch again. Not one fucking person is going to run off and stop watching because Sami Zayn wins the title. But Sami Zayn will never be the guy. He will never be. He will never be that person. He will never be the poster child. Austin Theory is someone who is being groomed for that spot. Austin Theory is going to be that guy at some point. That is who the company sees as the future, not Sami Zayn. And he's very realistic about that. I thought he was very realistic in in all of the answers he was giving in this interview. So again, I I hope uh, that the next part of this goes at least another 20 minutes. Uh, I thought it was really good. I I would tell you to still watch it. You know, Ariel asked him a few other questions as well. Um, But, you know, look, people are are talking about the finish of the Rumble this year. Should it be Cody? Should it be Sammy? Should it be somebody else? I will tell you this. These vignettes that they've been airing for Cody Rhodes are airing for a reason. 
these are the types of vignettes that you air for somebody who's making their grand return, who is going to go in there and win the Royal Rumble. Same thing they did with Triple H in 2002. They have a superstore set up at the Alamo Dome for the Royal Rumble, and they sold out of all of their Cody Rhodes merchandise. All gone. They had to restock because every Cody Rhodes item was sold out. So I laugh when I hear people who heard my predictions the other day and said, I don't know what the obsession is with Cody Rhodes. You know, he's mid-card at best. He's not as over as people say he is. Uh, and then, you know, you as if the reactions that he was getting before he got hurt don't tell you he was over. Uh, you hear that all of his merch sold out at the store, and it's like, yeah, well, I guess, I guess that's what happens when you're not over. Cody Rhodes is over enough to win the Rumble and is going to win the Royal Rumble, I believe. But look, if Sami Zayn were to win the Royal Rumble, I'm not going to say that I'm heartbroken about it. I think that would be great. That'd be tremendous. He's not my pick. I don't think it's going to be him. I think the story is also there for Cody. But to me, you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. As long as it's not Brock Lesnar. (laughs) Which, we are going to talk about Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar is now officially in the Royal Rumble match. And, uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. No thank you. No thank you. So anyway... Hopefully you guys will check out that interview. Again, the, the, the story is right there. Sammy and KO against the Usos. You know, people tend to forget, yeah, Roman Reigns has been champion for a long time. So have the Usos. Not as long, but they've had those tag team titles for a long time. Sami Zayn goes to the main event of WrestleMania. What the hell happens with Kevin Owens? Poor KO gets left out in the cold. Stay the course. For WrestleMania, stay the course. The Bloodline pulled up to the arena to start the show tonight. It was the Usos and Solo Sokoa pulling up in their SUV. Jimmy and Solo went into the building. As Jay was walking behind them, he got pulled aside by somebody. And we see that the person that he got pulled aside by is Sami Zayn. He was wearing, he's trying to disguise himself. He was wearing a black hoodie. And Jay asked him, you know, what are you doing here? Roman on Monday night told you, I don't want to see you again. I don't want you on this show again until Saturday at the Royal Rumble. Sammy said, I know. That's why I'm not going inside. I wanted to just, before you went into the building, I wanted to make sure I got you. He said, I just had to grab you before you went in to tell you how much I appreciate what you did for me on Monday. Because it was Jay Uso in the Tribal Court segment who went to bat for Sammy Zayn. He saved Sammy's skin on Monday night. Sammy wanted to just express to him how appreciative he was said, I will never forget what you did for me. If there's anything you ever need from me, any kind of favor, anything, you just let me know. Jay said, cool, I'll do that. Sammy walked, I don't know where Sammy was going, but he was walking off like like, like a vagabond and uh, into the building went Jay Uso. So back inside, we officially kicked the show off with a one-on-one match here, Rey Mysterio taking on Karrion Cross. They have been teasing this match now on television for many weeks. Uh, we finally got the match here 24 hours before the Royal Rumble. They spilled outside early when Ray ran cross into the ring post and then followed that with a sunset bomb from the apron. Heading into the first ad break, so heading into the break, Ray was in control. Coming out of the break was a different story. Cross was in control. He put Ray down with a backbreaker. Cross went after Ray's mask while both men were on the ropes. Ray fought him off. 
He climbed up to the top. Cross tripped him up, though, into a tree of woe. As Cross charged in, Ray uh, pulled himself up, and Cross posted himself. So with Cross now in position, a moment later, he was in position for the 619. Ray hit the ropes, but he got distracted by Scarlet, which is not hard to understand. I mean, I think most of us would be distracted by Scarlet, to be fair. So he was distracted by Scarlet. Cross tried to take advantage of the distraction. Ray cut him off, though. He ended up hitting the 619 anyway. Went up top, hit the top rope splash, but Cross kicked out. He kicked out of the 619. Cross came back with a suplex. He tried for another one, but Ray turned it into a crucifix pin, and he got the three. This was not a, a very long match. It was average. It went seven or eight minutes, average length. Uh, that's what she said. So it went about seven or eight minutes, uh, but this was the best that Karrion Cross has looked in the ring since he came back to the main roster, uh, which is not surprising given who, given who he was in the ring with. Uh, he lost. He did lose the match, but he got to kick out of a 6-1-9 and the big splash, which you know not, not just anybody does. He got to kick out of Ray's finish, and on commentary they made it very clear that the issue between these two is not over. In fact, both of them are going to be in the Royal Rumble match tomorrow night. So my whole thing is this. Cross needed a good showing here, and he got one. Rey Mysterio was the perfect opponent at the perfect time here for carrying Cross. The issue is likely not over between them, and so now we'll wait and see if they keep it going. The real story in the Rumble tomorrow for Rey is going to be Rey and Dominic, uh, but that does not mean that carrying Cross can't play a role in that and maybe even assist in uh, Dominic eliminating his father from the match. We had the United States champion, Austin Theory, from Monday Night Raw, making an appearance here on Friday Night SmackDown. And the first thing he said when he got into the ring, he held up his U.S. title and he said, the champ is here. Not the first time he's done that. But in light of some of the recent chatter about Cena and Theory at WrestleMania, all this is going to do is throw more uh, fuel on that fire. He said that after retaining his U.S. title at Raw 30 on Monday, now he's going to go to the Royal Rumble tomorrow night. He's going to win. Rooster Loving Man just dropped five bucks here on the uh, stream. And Jordan plays with the 999 Russo on a pole. Jordan play Jordan plays on the pole. He plays on uh, on Russo's pole. There you go, Jordan. Thank you. So he's going to win the rumble, says Austin Theory. He was quickly interrupted by the NXT Tag Team Champions Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Kofi said, "There's only three Austins that he respects: his partner, Austin Creed, Stone Cold Steve Austin." And the city of the same name, Austin, Texas, since they were in Texas. Woods then uh, got the mic. He said that here on SmackDown, which is only two hours, he said here on the, and this is what he said, he said on the efficient show, we have to keep things moving. So let's get right down to business. They mocked Theory for suggesting that he would win the Rumble. They said that one of them is going to win the Rumble. And if one of them wins the Rumble, we all win the Rumble. Yeah, speak for yourself. Theory said that 
he is the bigger uh, star than them. In fact, he's the biggest star in the company. And The Miz then showed up. Michael Cole said that it's Rumble season, which, I, again, I guess means all the rules go out the window. So here comes uh, The Miz. Just what I wanted to see on this show. Miz said that he's been competing in Royal Rumble matches since before Theory hit puberty. Theory came back at him and said, well, then that must mean you're very old. And he said, older and wiser. New Day laughed at the idea of Miz winning the Royal Rumble. So did I. That was pretty funny. Miz uh, said some other stuff. They all started fighting. Bobby Lashley's music hit. So the Raw Raw invasion continued here. And here comes Bobby Lashley. He jogged down to the ring in his black jeans and black vest. He was looking very dapper tonight. And he beat everybody up. He took the microphone. He said that after Brock Lesnar screwed him at Raw 30, he was going to lay waste to everybody in the Royal Rumble until he gets what he wants. As he was talking, we could hear a commotion in the crowd. So you knew that somebody was coming out. We just didn't know uh, who or, well, we knew who. We knew exactly who it was. We just couldn't see where he was coming from. Hopping over the barricade out of the crowd is Cowboy Brock. Brock Lesnar slides into the ring. He picks up Lashley, gives him yet another F5, the second one this week. Picks up the microphone. Brock tells Lashley that he would see him tomorrow night at the Royal Rumble. Brock reached down, picked up his cowboy hat, put it back on. He played to the crowd. Everybody cheered. Michael Cole, on commentary, teased the idea that Brock Lesnar could tie Stone Cold Steve Austin's Royal Rumble record if he wins the match tomorrow night. Stone Cold is the only man in history to win three Royal Rumble matches. 1997, which he really didn't win, but 1997, 1998, and 2001. So they were pushing the idea that Brock could uh, potentially tie the record. And I just thought to myself, that is two Stone Cold Steve Austin mentions on this show in the same segment. Very interesting. Isn't it? Very interesting. If Brock Lesnar wins the Royal Rumble and we get another Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match at WrestleMania, then you will know that Vince McMahon is back in charge of creating. That is all the confirmation that you would need. But Brock Lesnar is not going to win the Royal Rumble. Lacey Evans is finally back. I know this is what you all were looking forward to the most here on this show. Lacey Evans came to the ring after all the vignettes, after all the boot camp training that she's been doing. She's finally ready for combat. Tonight here against Jasmine Allure. I think I saw a movie once with uh, somebody by that name. Uh, She lost her edge, is the story here. So she went back to basic training in boot camp, and now she's back. So they they were having a match, and all of a sudden, Lacey is beating up this girl in the corner, and the sole of her boot ripped, almost clear off. So she looks down as she sees this, and she grabs the sole of her boot, and she just finishes the job, and rips it off. And she's threatening to use it on her opponent. The referee stops her from doing so, takes it away from her. And I just thought to myself, you know, that boot is really a metaphor for her entire WWE run so far. As soon as I saw, 
As soon as I saw the sole of that boot rip off, I said, man, there, there, there's, a, there's a metaphor in here. So there's some sort of greater meaning here to what we're seeing. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen. I, I've had it happen to old pair, like old ratty pairs of sneakers before, but I don't recall ever seeing a wrestler in the middle of a match, at least not in WWE, uh, have the sole of their boot just rip clear off like that. I can't remember that uh, ever happening. I'm just wondering, like, what fucking Goodwill store did she buy these boots from? So she hit the woman's right, which used to be her old finish, but now it's her setup to her new finish, which is the old Sergeant Slaughter Cobra Clutch, or uh, perhaps you would like the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase's million-dollar dream. That's her new finish. So she applied the Cobra Clutch. She got the win. Uh, We will see if uh, push number four, takes this time. I'm going to say it probably doesn't. After the match, she got on the mic. She threatened to throw 29 other women out over the top rope and win the Royal Rumble. And she told all of the losers in Laredo to get up off their feet and salute their soon-to-be Rumble winner. Then she picked up her opponent, Jasmine, and she threw her out of the ring in a way that was very similar, not exactly the same, but very similar to the way that Athena threw Jody Threat out of the ring a few months ago on AEW uh, Dark. I, I guess it would have been Dark. And so now I wait with anticipation to see if uh, the anti-AEW bots have that same energy for Lacey Evans, as they did for Athena and Tony Khan in AEW when they shit all over them and shit all over Athena for being unprofessional and not knowing how to work and disregarding the safety of her opponent. I look forward to them keeping that same energy now for Lacey Evans. And also, someone buy that woman a new pair of fucking boots before the Rumble tomorrow night, please. Kayla Braxton was in the back. And Kayla Braxton was with the now former Banger Bros. Oh, Jasmine St. Clair. That's what it was. The Banger Bros. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Banger Bros no more. WWE was uh, clued into the joke. And so uh, I guess they are, they are no longer allowed to be the Banger Bros. There's no Banger Bros mentioned on TV tonight. I was wondering how long that would take. So they did their new gimmick where, you know, they complement one another and psych each other up by chopping each other harder each time back and forth. They were chopping the shit out of each other. And it ended with them threatening to send Hit Row back to Skid Row in their semifinal match tonight in the tag team tournament. After a break, they replayed the final Cody Rhodes video package from Monday night. And again, I don't think we see video packages like this unless he's winning the Royal Rumble. We had Drew McIntyre and Sheamus coming out for a tag team match with Shanti the Adonis and Top Rope Dalla here in the uh, tag team number one contenders tag team tournament for a match for the SmackDown tag team titles. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Viking Raiders attacked McIntyre and Sheamus as they were making their entrance on their way to the ring. They beat the hell out of them. They threw, ran them into the barricade. And so the question heading into the commercial break, the hook, not to be confused with hook from AEW, but the hook here heading into commercial was, will these two be able to compete? In their semifinal match. Well, we found out after the break. They got uh, footage up on the screen that took place during the commercial of Drew McIntyre telling Sheamus, let's go get these SOBs. And they, you know, Adam Pierce was trying to talk them into staying, don't go, don't go. And they stormed to the back to go chase after the Viking Raiders. So now we're back live. And Adam Pierce was in the ring and he said that Drew McIntyre and Sheamus were so looking forward to being the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. These guys were so interested in holding those SmackDown Tag Team titles that they voluntarily gave up their spot in the tournament. (laughs) He didn't say that first part, but he did say the second part, that they voluntarily gave up their spot here in this tag team tournament. But he said that Hit Row gets no free ride to the finals. He said they will face another team. And so he introduced their new opponents... Braun Strowman and Ricochet. So they came out. Wade Barrett, correctly, by the way, on commentary, pointed out that Adam Pierce wouldn't let Hit Row advance to the finals, right? And we've seen tournaments before where somebody can't go because of an injury or there's a, a double DQ or a time limit draw, maybe, or something in the first round of the tournament. And so you get a bye, right? Isn't that how tournaments work? You get a bye to the next round. In this case, you would get a bye to the finals. Adam Pierce said no free ride for Hit Row. And he came up, he pulled a team out of his ass, and here comes Braun Strowman and Ricochet, right? He insisted upon this. And Michael Cole on commentary tells him to stop using logic and just have fun. That's been WWE's slogan for 20 years. Stop using logic and have fun. This was the first time I've heard Michael Cole articulated on TV. So, oh, and by the way, Adam Pearce on Monday night when the Usos were defending the Raw Tag Team titles against the Judgment Day, they did the angle where Jimmy Uso got hurt, right? He suffered an injury, and he threatened to strip them of the Raw Tag Team titles if Jimmy couldn't go. So Sami Zayn said, look, I'll take his place and... You know, Sammy was a substitute for Jimmy, and it all worked out for the bloodline in the end. But I said this on Monday. I said, this is completely ridiculous. It's not as if we've never seen a situation like this before. And then you have a team that has to go at it two-on-one. We had a match on NXT on Tuesday night. It was Alba Fire by herself, one-on-two, challenging Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter for the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. But Adam Pierce insisted, I'm going to have to strip you of the titles unless uh, Jimmy can go. 
So this wasn't even the worst decision that Adam Pierce made this week on WWE television. So what I get out of all this is that Adam Pierce is just generally terrible at his job. Braun Strowman was out there. Ricochet started the match. So Braun got on the apron. He was dressed in all red. He looked like Santa's biggest little helper. He's out there. He's got red pants on, which he's been wearing the red pants. But now he had a red tank top to match his red pants. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm just thinking, why does he wear red on SmackDown? Why does he wear red on SmackDown? That would be like, uh, you know, Jasmine uh, St. Clair. I mentioned, uh, was it Jasmine St. Clair or some other some other woman uh, I was thinking of? Uh, wearing white after Labor Day. I mean, come on, man. What, what is or wearing white to her wedding? What is going on here? Why is he wearing red on SmackDown? You wear blue on SmackDown. Even I know that. Look look behind me, by the way. Look at the light that I have behind me. Tonight is the SmackDown review. Do you see a red light behind me? No. You see a blue light behind me. On Monday night, you'll see a red light behind me. For pay-per-views, you'll see whatever the fuck I feel like using. I'm color-coordinated. How come Braun Strowman can't be color-coordinated? So Ricochet took Ashanti the Adonis down with the head scissors. He sent him to ringside. He was setting up for a dive. Top rope Dalla, though, he was on the apron. He got in Ricochet's way to prevent him from hitting the dive. Hit Row took over when B-Fab caused a distraction. They isolated Ricochet on uh, their side of the ring. What about Wednesday? I use red on Wednesday as well, because I originally was using red for dynamite. (laughs) I don't want to interrupt Bane. What is he saying? Thank you, Solo Bane, everybody. Ted Evans with the 1999 Super Chat. Thank you, Ted. Again, I will be uh, reading all of your Super Chats as they uh, come in here a little bit later on. So get those Royal Rumble predictions in if you have not already done so. Braun Strowman, though, finally made the hot tag. And he comes into the ring, avalanche to Ashanti in the corner. Top rope Dalla charged at him uh, for a clothesline, but he missed. And Strowman clotheslined him out to the floor. Michael, (laughs) This this has honestly become one of my... Favorite parts of the uh, of the weekly SmackDown review. Michael Cole said Braun Strowman made sure that Top Dollar went over the top rope this time. And this has honestly become my favorite thing about SmackDown every week is listening to Michael Cole just bury Top Dollar on commentary every week. So uh, he did it again this week, and that was the most uh, entertaining part of this match. And actually, wasn't a bad match. To be fair, it wasn't a terrible match or anything like that, but Michael Cole burying Top Dollar on commentary will never get old to me. In fact, I think there could potentially be something in this for Top Dollar at some point. He might just snap, right? All these Michael Cole digs, right? People make fun of Michael Cole all the time to be made fun of by Michael Cole. I mean, that's a whole other level of bad. So maybe at some point Top Dollar will snap. Maybe he'll beat the crap out of Michael Cole. He'll get a little storyline out of it. I don't know, right? Better than what he's got going on now, which is not much of anything. So Strowman set up for the monster bomb as Ricochet hit a corkscrew dive out onto uh, Top Dollar. Strowman gave Adonis the, basically it's a last ride 
power bomb. You pick the guy up for a power bomb. You pick him up by his pants or his trunks. You slam him down. He gave him the last ride, very appropriate in a week where we had the American badass uh, Undertaker back on TV. Although he did not come out to uh, Limp Biscuit, which would have been preferable over Kid Rock, but you get what you can get. And Strowman pinned him, so Braun Strowman and Ricochet, who before tonight were not even in this tag team tournament, have now advanced to the finals, and they will meet uh, the winner of the match I'll be talking about in a little bit, which happened later in the show, between Imperium and Legado del Fantasma. And yes, uh, no ride on the Strowman Express tonight. No ride on the Strowman Express. The train, maybe tomorrow. The train right now is out of service for maintenance. We've taken it off the rails to uh, make some repairs. So perhaps it'll be back in service tomorrow night. (laughs) I see you're all, just based on some of the uh, comments in the chat, I can see you're all so enamored with Limp Biscuit just as much as you are, Kid Rock. Well, you know, I think of Limp Biscuit. I think of WrestleMania 17. You got to admit, though, My Way by Limp Biscuit, that was the perfect song for uh, Austin and Rock at WrestleMania 17. But didn't they use Limp Biscuit for WrestleMania a couple years after that? I could have sworn they used. Didn't he have a song called Crack Addict? Wasn't that the song for WrestleMania 19? I think it was WrestleMania 19. So backstage, Kayla interviewed Kevin Owens, and she wanted to know. Why would you take such a chance tonight here, 24 hours before your big championship match with Roman Reigns, by stepping into the ring with Solo Sokoa? And Owen said that if he's going to win the title, he's got to take out as many members of the bloodline tonight as he can so he can get a fair fight tomorrow night at the Royal Rumble. The Usos started to make their way over. Owens ran over at them. Officials got between them to break them up. Adam Pierce told them to get the Usos out of the building. He did not want to see them again for the rest of the night. And so after the break, the Usos were escorted out of the arena. Jay Uso was on his phone. He was ringing somebody. We didn't know who it was, but he was ringing somebody on his phone. And we could hear him say, my dog, are you still in town? He said, I need a favor. He's going to get Sammy Uso in trouble. That's what he's going to do. Back in the arena, we heard Bray Wyatt's old entrance music. It was the uh, the Wyatt family music. What was it? Live in Fear? Is that what it was? Uh, but it was not Bray Wyatt. And I thought, and actually, when I heard it, and then I could see what looked like the old Bray Wyatt coming down the aisle to make his entrance. And I thought, well, this is uh, kind of awkward because he had just uh, done an interview with Ryan Satin. And. In one of the clips of the interview that I saw, he specifically mentioned the fact that we will never see that version of Bray Wyatt played by him again. Uh, Like, he will never bring back that old Wyatt family version of himself because he feels it's, it's simply not possible without Brody Lee, without Luke Harper. And he was his best friend. He's no longer with us. And it just, to him, it wouldn't feel, and he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be saying that unless he meant it. So I had just seen that clip earlier today. He also said, by the way, that we would never see The Fiend again uh, in that same interview because to him, The Fiend died at WrestleMania 37, which, by the way, The Fiend did die. Actually, no, he's wrong about that. The Fiend did not die at WrestleMania 37. The Fiend died in Saudi Arabia against Bill Goldberg. 
They just trotted his rotting corpse out there at WrestleMania 37. Alexa Bliss and the booking team just put the final dagger, the final stake through the heart of the fiend at WrestleMania. So he's not wrong about that. But I had just seen that clip, and then it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) He's coming out as the old Bray Wyatt. But then we got a closer look, and it was not Bray Wyatt. Uh, It was L.A. Knight dressed up as the old Bray Wyatt with the hat and the you know, the uh, Hawaiian shirt and the smallest lantern that you have ever seen, which I thought was a nice touch. He had a little tiny lantern, like a little nightlight with him as he came down to the ring. He got in the ring and he started to take the clothes off. He said, I guess I could take this stupid crap off. He said, let me talk to you. Biggest moment in Raw history, he said, happened at Raw 30 when L.A. Knight walked into the ring And he looked at the fans and he said he heard them. He goes, I heard you all chanting, talk to us, talk to us, talk to us. And the benevolent man that he is, he gave them what they wanted, even though they don't deserve it. And then like the turd in the punch bowl, here comes the Undertaker to assist Bray Wyatt. He goes, why is that? Because neither one of them wanted this guy one-on-one. That's L.A. Knight. He goes, Bray Wyatt, you've got 24 hours until the pitch black match at the Royal Rumble. He goes, bring every piece of advice that The Undertaker whispered into your ear. Show up as whatever version of yourself. <laughs> he said, show up as whatever version of yourself gives you a little tingle in your loins. It just made me laugh because he's not wrong. You know, this guy has so many different versions of himself. He's like, bring whatever version of yourself you want. He goes, when the Alamo Dome goes pitch black, your dumpy ass ain't coming back. And that's not an insult. That's just the fact of life. I love L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight is great. So the lights went out, and Bray Wyatt appeared on stage as himself, sitting in his rocking chair. He had a spotlight on him. He had a mic in his hand. He said, the time for talking has come and gone. Tomorrow night, you will finally get to meet the man that you've been looking for. So take your time tonight. He says, have a great night, sweetheart. Laugh it up. Joke all you want. Because tomorrow night when the lights go out, you'll see. You'll see. And he looked up in one of the uh, skyboxes in the building. And we saw the white light. There was Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy. He had two fingers, right? Uncle Howdy was doing his Uncle Howdy. This is the Uncle Howdy day. I feel like I'm doing the Shanky. Whatever happened to Shanky, by the way? Vince McMahon left, Triple H took over. We haven't seen Shanky ever since. Uncle Howdy, I guess, took over the uh, the Shanky dance. So he was doing the little Uncle Howdy thing up in the... Uh, Bo Dallas was doing his little deal there. Let me tell you about L.A. Knight. Let me talk to you. L.A. Knight is getting over, in case you haven't noticed. Week by week, a little bit more, a little bit more, the crowd is reacting to his catchphrases, and they're starting to give it back to him, and they're... You know, he'll go, yeah, and you'll hear the crowd kind of recite it back to him. And uh, I, I will say, though, as I was uh, <laughs> as I was watching this, I did, I did think, boy, am I sorry that I, I even suggested a few months ago, I suggested L.A. Knight as a potential opponent at WrestleMania for Stone Cold Steve Austin because uh, the idea of us getting segments on TV of the dueling what and yet, like, what? Yeah, what? Yeah. Over and over again is just fucking nauseating to me. So I still think that would make for a good a good feud for Austin. But yeah, th- those segments would uh, 
I don't know that those segments would be such a good idea. But LA Knight is starting to, he's starting to get over. So once this Bray Wyatt thing is over with, I'm very interested to see where they take LA Knight after this. A lot of people end up, you know, with Bray Wyatt. Seth Rollins talked about this when he did his interview with Ariel Helwani. You know, it doesn't always end well. Uh, and, and he was more talking about the Fiend character, not necessarily Bray. Uh, certainly with the Fiend. Uh, when you locked up with him, it didn't always work out too well, um, you know, booking-wise for you. But uh, I think LA Knight will be okay. Even if he loses, and I expect him to lose tomorrow, uh, he's going to be all right coming out of this. We had Imperium against Legado del Fantasma. This was the other semifinal match here in our number one contender tournament for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Joaquin Wild was isolated until he performed a Tornado DDT on Ludwig Kaiser. Cruz del Toro tagged in, and he hit a double missile drop kick on both heels, and then he joined his partner with a double suicide dive out to the floor. Back in the ring, del Toro got off a Hurricane Rana that pulled Vinci off the top rope. Wild tagged in, he hit a top rope splash on Vinci. Kaiser broke up the pin. So Vinci and Wild. Uh, they ended up both on the top rope. And Giovanni Vinci, who is a very deceptively strong individual. And uh, we got to see that on display in NXT if you watched any of his matches. Uh, Vinci press slammed Wild over his head while both of them were standing on the top rope. And he slammed him down to the mat. When Vinci came down, he landed hard directly on his knees. They absorbed all of the impact. And he immediately grabbed his right knee. And in that moment, I said, oh boy. I said, that that could be something. Uh, he's probably fine. But he did come down with a lot of impact on that right knee. So he was grabbing it. He was selling it. He kind of inched his way over so he could make the tag. But then he got back up. And uh, they set up Wild for the Imperium Bomb, which they connected with. They got the pin. And so Imperium advances to the finals. This was the best match of the tournament so far. which. You know, isn't saying much, but best match of the tournament so far uh, and the best match that Legato Del Fantasma has had uh, since coming up to SmackDown. Heel heel against heel uh, is always a tough thing to get the crowd into. And at first, you know, not not a great reaction to this, but the crowd took to Legato. They basically adopted Legato in this match as the de facto baby faces. Uh, and then they, they got into it. And again, they ended up having what I thought was a good match here. So, uh, good stuff. Good stuff from the two NXT teams. We got our annual By the Numbers video that they do every year for the Royal Rumble. Uh, even more Stone Cold Steve Austin references here. They referenced all of the Rumble matches that Stone Cold has won. Boy, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin got more airtime on this show tonight than our undisputed champion and intercontinental champion combined. So after that, they pitched it to footage of Charlotte Flair earlier today. She was sitting with Ryan Satin for his Out of Character podcast. He was sitting in a room somewhere when Sonya Deville walked in. And Charlotte, she kind of walked in uh, behind uh, Satin. And uh, Charlotte was facing in that direction so she could see Sonya walk in. And she kind of cocked her head like this and was like, okay. And Sonya said, oh, you know, don't don't mind me, please. 
the two of you, please continue with your interview here. And she didn't go after her. There was no attack or fight or anything like that. She didn't beat up Ryan Satin, which that would have been funny. But uh, she just kind of stood there as the uh, interview went on. Uh, we couldn't, you know, hear what was being said or anything in the uh, interview. Michael Cole talked over. He narrated over this entire thing. This this was more just, hey, this happened earlier today. Literally, Sonya just showed up. She, she didn't do anything. She just showed up. So we come back live, and Adam Pierce was in his office, and Charlotte Flair showed up. And she said that, you know what, I'm going to give Sonya what she wants. I want a match with Sonya Deville, and I will give her a shot at the SmackDown Women's Championship. And Adam Pierce said, are you sure that's what you want? And he said, well, I'll tell you what. How about next Friday night here on SmackDown? It'll be one-on-one for the SmackDown Women's title. Charlotte Flair against Sonya Deville. And Charlotte put her hand up. They high-fived each other. I mean, of all the things to high-five, I don't high-five people because I'm not five years old. But if I was to high-five somebody, I mean, high-five them about something cool, you know? I, I don't know about high-fiving over a, another Charlotte Flair, Sonya Deville match. But Charlotte was very happy to get her match. And, uh, you know, look, the Royal Rumble, it's all about the Rumble matches tomorrow. With the Rumble matches we have, the Roman Reigns match, we have the Raw Women's Championship match, and we have the Pitch Black match. So there really is no room on the card for any other matches. If you're wondering, well, how come they didn't add it to the Rumble? Charlotte's not going to be there. You know, poo-poo. She'll be on SmackDown next week. They don't They don't need to do that on the pay-per-view tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, also on the show next Friday, we will have the finals of the tournament. So it'll be Imperium against Braun Strowman and Ricochet. That'll be next Friday on SmackDown. And then it was time for our main event of the evening. Kevin Owens one-on-one with Solo Sokoa. Yet another television main event for Solo Sokoa, who less than six months ago was on NXT wrestling Von Wagner. And now he has a whole bunch of television main events under his belt. And at a pay-per-view main event, right? Because he was part of the War Games match at Survivor Series. Not bad. I would say one of the better first four-month stretches for a, uh, a new main roster talent that we have ever seen. Not the best but definitely better than most. Before the final break, Solo had the upper hand on KO, as he did after they came out of that break. Owens made a comeback. Sokoa hit a Samoan drop, which was more like a uh, Samoan throw. Uh, Got a near fall. Owens got Sokoa down to the corner. He hit the running cannonball. 
not quite as impactful as uh, Tony Storm's flying uh, flying hip attack, which is a devastating maneuver. Somebody clipped the uh, clip of the spot from uh, Dynamite on Wednesday where Tony gave the hip attack to Ruby Soho in the corner. You just you see the whiplash like in Ruby's neck, go like that. It's a devastating move. So Owens went up top, hit a swanton bomb. He may have had the match won, probably not. But we'll never know because Sami Zayn shows up and he pulls Solo out of the ring to safety. And so now we know who Jay Uso made the phone call to. Owens went outside. He said, by the way, uh no no word, no bell. I didn't hear a bell, no word on on the finish or anything. Owens went outside. He was staring down Sammy. He moved out of the way, though, as Solo went for a super kick, and Solo Sokoa super kicked Sammy Zane right in the face. Down goes Sammy. Solo made a comeback on Owens, and he grabbed a chair. And he hit Owens with the chair, laid him across the announce desk. Solo jumped up on the timekeeper's barricade. He was getting ready to do the same spot uh, that he did a number of weeks ago, where he came crashing, you know, off with the splash. He was going to go for the same thing. Owens, though, got up. He cut him off. He gave Sokoa a pop-up powerbomb onto the announce desk, but the table did not break. I am the table, although to be fair, he didn't... Solo, when he came in, charging in, he didn't build up enough steam. Like, as soon as Owens kind of got... He got him up in the air for the powerbomb, but it was so slow and clunky, I said, there's no way that table's going to break. Unless it is completely gimmicked and just, you know, a a, a love tap is going to break this thing. This table ain't going to break, and it did not. table did not break. Owens picked up the chair that was used before. He threatened Sami Zayn with it. Sami was down. He was sitting on his butt on the ground, and Owens was coming at him. He was threatening him with the chair. But then he turned around, and he hit Sokoa in the back with it. His solo had gotten back up to his feet because the table didn't break. And that chair shot knocked Solo over the barricade into the crowd. Owens then turned back around. He threw the chair down on the ground right at Sammy's feet. And he looked up at the cameraman as KO was walking out of the uh, ringside area down the aisle. He said, put the camera on me. And he cut a promo on Roman Reigns into the camera. He told Roman, bring everything you got. He goes, I'm going to bring everything I got at the Royal Rumble tomorrow night. So I guess the referee threw the match away, or maybe Solo was disqualified. I don't know. We never got an official decision here. Uh, I didn't expect a clean finish, so that was hardly surprising. Solo has been protected. Solo Sokoa has yet to be pinned uh, in these last uh, four months that he's been up on the main roster. And Kevin Owens, he's the one challenging for the championship tomorrow night. He could not lose this match. So I did not expect a clean finish coming into this. But the key here is Sami Zayn disobeyed Roman Reigns. He disobeyed a direct order from the tribal chief. Roman said, I don't want to see, even though Roman wasn't there himself tonight, he said, I don't want to see you again after Monday until Saturday. At the Royal Rumble, I will let you know what your final test is going to be, your final test of loyalty to this family. But I don't want to see you again until Saturday. What happens? Sami Zayn ends up on the show here tonight. He was hiding outside the building. He was trying to do what he was told. But he got that phone call from Jey Uso who called in a favor. The same Jey Uso who saved his skin on Monday may have been the one who just put the final nail in the coffin 
of Sami Zayn in the bloodline. After what happened here today. So whatever Roman is going to have Sami do, whatever test he's going to force Sami to pass uh, tomorrow night, whether it's helping him do something to Kevin Owens at some point, there's a ref bump or something, and hit, you know, hit him with the belt or hit him with the chair or uh, you know, hit him with the ring bell, as Bobby Heenan said at WrestleMania 8 when uh, Piper was going to hit Brett with the ring bell. What the hell? Ring the bell, right? Uh, but whether it's that or whether... See, I, I have a theory, which is that Roman is going to tell Sammy, I want you to win the Royal Rumble. Your test is that I want you to go into the Royal Rumble and win the Royal Rumble. And then to prove your loyalty to me and this family, you are going to forfeit your championship match at WrestleMania. So if they were not going to go with Cody Rhodes, that would be one story they could tell tomorrow night. Because I will tell you right now, if if let's say Cody, or it doesn't even have to be Cody, if anybody but Sammy is going to win the Rumble tomorrow and they do a story like that where Sammy has to go to the Rumble and win it, and then he doesn't win it, then you'll have a crowd that rebels against the finish of the Royal Rumble. That would be very dumb. Uh, but I could see something like that happening. Sammy, you've got to win the Royal Rumble. And then surrender your championship match. Prove to me that you really are part of this family. That you really are bloodline all the way. And then you could always have the swerve where Sammy wins the Rumble. And he says, you know, and they don't have to do it right away. But when he finally gives his answer, he says, Roman, I I will, I will surrender my championship match at WrestleMania. Right, Roman smiles, right? My boy, right? My dog. But then the swerve is that I want my championship match in Montreal at Elimination Chamber. And that could be one way that they get to doing the title match there instead of WrestleMania. So, again, it's fun to kind of uh, fantasy book this whole thing. There's so many different ways they could go with this. Uh, That was one theory that uh, that I had here. But what I was getting at is, even if it's not that, Whatever this final test is that Roman has for Sammy tomorrow, even if he passes the test after what happened tonight, it may not matter. It may be a foregone conclusion. Roman could still turn on him anyway and say, you disobeyed me. So now we have to wait until the Rumble tomorrow and see what happens. So many different ways that this could go. I love it. Speaking of the Royal Rumble, actually, before we get into that, let me just uh, throw up the uh, Twitter poll here. This is what you guys thought of the show tonight. Not not as good as SmackDown has done in recent weeks. Only 57% thumbs up for the show tonight. The go-home show. 28% thumbs in the middle and 14.7% thumbs down. That is from Twitter. I did these on Sunday. I thought maybe I'd have some changes. I really don't. But I will run through my predictions real quick here for the Royal Rumble because it is finally upon us. My favorite pay-per-view of the year is tomorrow night, the Royal Rumble. We have Bray Wyatt finally in a match. A weird match, not a traditional match. We still don't quite know what this match is going to be. We have a sense. It's basically no holds barred. And we know that the lights will be out, right? Hence pitch black. We've heard uh, reports. Fightful had a report last week that there'll be some kind of neon element to the match. Uncle Howdy will be there. So we know that. Pitch black match, Mountain Dew pitch black match against L.A. Knight. Uh, I don't see any chance that L.A. Knight wins this match. This is going to be a win for Bray Wyatt. 
exactly what's going to happen in this match, I have no fucking idea. I have no clue. And it's funny, too, when uh, Satin asked uh, Bray in the interview that he did with him uh, for any any kind of information or insight into what a pitch black match is, it's possible Bray was just playing dumb. But Bray claimed that that's the fun in it. Like, even I don't know what this match is going to be. I find that very hard to believe. Uh, just because Bray, I get the sense that Bray is very, um, he's very hands-on with his stuff. So I, I have to imagine he has some sense of what they're doing here, but who knows? Maybe, maybe he's telling the truth. Sounds like even he doesn't quite know what a pitch black match is going to end up looking like, but whatever it is, he's going to win. We have Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss. And interesting that Bray and Alexa both have matches here on the same show. Bianca Belair should not be losing the Raw Women's Championship. Not until we get to WrestleMania. And whether it's Rhea Ripley or whoever. We've come this far. She's going to be champion for a year come WrestleMania. If she's going to drop the title, and I feel like it's time. It's time for her to drop the belt to somebody and let her chase. Or, honestly, I think a heel turn, frankly, is is in her near future. Uh, I don't think that it happens at the Rumble. I think it would be crazy to take the belt off of her right now. So, I think that Bianca Belair is going to retain the championship. And I think Alexa Bliss, who, you know, Alexa Bliss, we had her therapy sessions. And she seemed to be doing better. And then she wasn't, and then she was seeing these images, and things were popping up on the Titantron, and now she's she's back to being, you know, evil heel Alexa Bliss. Uh, not exactly the same Alexa Bliss, like Funhouse Alexa that she was previously, but uh, she's clearly a heel now. And that automatically makes her at least a little more interesting than whatever the hell she was doing before. Uh, but I think she takes the loss here, and it just drives her even further to the edge of madness. And wherever her story is going to take her, it will take her. But it will not take her to the Raw Women's Championship. We have Roman Reigns defending the undisputed Universal Championship against Kevin Owens. Uh, and so we talked about this already. Roman is not losing the championship. Under any circumstances, Roman Reigns is not going to be losing the championship. Uh, what they do, it will obviously, Sami Zayn will factor into this in some way. How? I don't know. I don't want to know. I'll wait until tomorrow and let them surprise me, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they have in store. Roman Reigns is going to retain. We have the 30-woman Royal Rumble match, and boy, has this match been just a complete afterthought. I mean, we, we I don't even know how many spots are actively filled at this point. Uh, I'm trying to count real quick here, but it's not its not a lot. I don't even think they have half the participants uh, announced for this match. So not at all shocking if we end up with NXT women in here and some legends. You know, we saw Alundra Blaze was on Raw Monday night. Lita was in town. She wasn't on the show. Uh, but according to PW Insider, Lita was in town uh, filming some stuff for A&E for WWE. So she's there. And we've seen Lita in the Women's Rumbles before. Maybe Lita, Trish. They're going to have to trot some of these women out there because they just don't have enough to... I don't see them using that many NXT women. I think we'll get a handful. They're they're stocked with women down in NXT. 
but they're not going to have 10 NXT women in this Royal Rumble match. Who's going to go over? It should be Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley should win the women's Royal Rumble match. I think Beth Phoenix is somebody that we're going to see in this Rumble as well, and I think she'll make a target out of Rhea Ripley, but that does not mean that she will eliminate Rhea Ripley. I think Rhea should win, and she should get the championship match at WrestleMania. And it should be Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, even if somehow, between now and then, they ended up in a situation where Becky Lynch ended up with the belt back. You know, if if Bianca was to lose the title tomorrow, and, you know, even if that happened, Alexa Bliss is not going into WrestleMania as the champion. But let's say Becky Lynch ended up with the belt between now and then. You know, even something like Becky and Rhea. They teased that match, if you remember, uh, not too long ago on Raw. One was, I think it was Rhea who was coming out, and Becky was leaving. And they crossed pads in the aisle way, and they had this intense stare down for about 30 seconds. Uh, there's something there, too. You know, you could do Becky and Rhea at some point. Uh, but Rhea is the common denominator here. You know, she came in second in that one in that Royal Rumble that uh, Bianca Belair won. Uh, she came in as the runner-up. Uh, I think this time she takes the entire thing. And then we have the 30-man Royal Rumble match. So far, we have Kofi Kingston, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, Omos, Rey Mysterio, Karrion Cross, Guntar. The almighty Guntar is in the uh, Royal Rumble, or Gunthar, as Jerry Lawler called him. Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and Cody Rhodes. So that is what? What is that? 17, I think. We have uh, close to, if not, uh, 20 entrants announced, or thereabout, for the men's Royal Rumble match. Plenty of room for some surprises. The Rock seems very unlikely at this point. Not impossible. All these reports of The Rock, you know, telling WWE, well, you know, I can't get into shape, ring shape, in time, and I've got all this other stuff going on. It could all be a red herring. It could be a swerve. Uh, but I, I think The Rock is unlike. I think Stone Cold is way more likely than The Rock is, put it that way, uh, to be in the Royal Rumble match tomorrow. Uh, bro, well, Brock Lesnar, I forgot to mention him, because Brock added his name tonight. So, <laughs> yeah, by the way, that Brock guy is going to be in the Rumble. I almost forgot about him. Brock Lesnar is also in the Royal Rumble. Um, I think that Edge is someone who will make his return. We haven't seen Edge in several months. Uh, I think he'll be in the Rumble. I think Pat McAfee is going to be a surprise entry. I think we see him back soon as well. Uh, Dominic Mysterio will get the elimination, I think, of his father. That will build to a match involving them at WrestleMania. So there there are some things I'm expecting. You know, to go back to the Women's Rumble uh, for a second, I think Chelsea Green is going to make her re-debut in the Women's Rumble. I'd be very surprised if we don't see her in there. Uh, but as far as the men's rumble, Cody Rhodes is going to be, and I think should be your 2023 men's Royal Rumble match winner. I think Cody Rhodes wins the rumble. I think it comes down to Cody and Seth Rollins, and I think Cody wins the entire thing. And he punches his ticket to WrestleMania. I also, coincidentally, I drew number 25 in our Royal Rumble pool in the Solomonster Sounds Off group on Facebook. 10th annual Royal Rumble pool, if you can believe it. Uh, I got a good number this year. I drew number 25. So when you're watching the Royal Rumble tomorrow night, 
I want you to pay very close attention in both the men's and the women's rumbles who comes out at number 25. Because if it's Cody Rhodes or Rhea Ripley, this guy's going to be very happy. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Before I get to your Super Chats, I do want to uh, just throw this out. And this is actually an important programming note. Um, Next Friday is the first House of Glory show of the year. It is called The Beginning, and it is uh, being held in memory of Jay Briscoe, who was a big part of the House of Glory roster all throughout 2022. Uh, He was one half of our House of Glory tag team champions up until last month. Uh, He and Mark lost those tag team titles. And so he was a part of the House of Glory family. And uh, we will be paying tribute to him with our first event of the year next Friday, February 3rd. And yes, I said Friday, uh, which is the reason I am bringing this up. Because there will be no SmackDown review next week. Uh, I will be a little bit busy. I got some commissioner business to do. Some commissioner and commentary business to take care of. But... uh, There will be no SmackDown stream. Just be aware of that. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks, the following Friday, with the usual uh, SmackDown festivities here on the channel. But if you are going to be in the area, uh, buy a ticket. There's still tickets available. You can come on down to the NYC Arena in Queens and be part of what I'm sure is going to be a very special night. We got JTG coming in. JTG looks like a a totally new man. (laughs) JTG looks like a beast. And uh, he is getting in there with Jacob Fatu for the House of Glory World Championship. We've got a certain uh, bounty hunter who you may have seen in the Battle of Los Angeles, Brian Keith, coming in to challenge Charles Mason. We've got a whole bunch of different matches on the show. So uh, anyway, that will be next week. And uh, right now, let's switch on over. To your super chats. Because I know you guys got a lot to say. You guys got a lot to say. We're getting really a big week next week. Big week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Got a lot of responsibilities I got to take care of here. I got a podcast to do. I've got commentary that I've got to get ready for. I've got a I've got a promotion to commish. Uh, we got a lot going. It's a very busy week coming up next week. A lot of work. Very little sleep. Joey says that is JTG. He got big. Yeah, JTG has been big for a while. He got he got very swole, you might say, but uh, he's looking great. He's going to be coming in challenging for the championship. Uh, we kick things off here with Brumakian Productions. Cody Rhodes winning the Royal Rumble as a $400 dono. $400 dono? It has been some time since I got a $400 dono. Although I got a $300 dono the other night from JM. Shout out to him. He's fucking awesome. Uh, Thomas Colella with the $5 super chat. I swear Vince is back because he is burying Cross and it was a roll-up finish. 
can't believe Brock showed up again three times in a week. That is epic. Cross is not buried. I know people are going to see the roll up and think, oh, it's Jeff Hardy on Raw all over again. That was his debut. He was dressed like a fucking gladiator. And he lost in 90 seconds in his debut match as the NXT champion. I would hardly say that is the same thing. He just had the best match of his entire run on the main roster. I would not uh, start jumping to conclusions and saying that the man is buried. Mr. Notorious Chico, I can see I can see it now. LA Knight and Austin start punching each other in the ring. What and yeah chance. I don't know if I want this match at Mania now. I'm telling you, man, I, I almost regret the fact that I even pitched it all those months ago. I'm start I'm starting to get worried about that. I'm starting to worry. Hey God of Seduction, thank you for the super chat. Aussie of Steel with the $3 super chat. I feel like the first hour dragged, but the second one made up. That top rope slam that Giovanni Vinci hit from the top rope looked sick. He is deceptively strong. He reminds me a little of Cesaro in that way. Cesaro, I think, is is stronger, but uh, he's very good. Uh Oh, he pissed off Bane. Retro pissed off Bane. You don't want to be doing that. Thank you, Retro. I'll get to your super chat here in a second. Rizzo. Dropping a 10 spot on us here tonight. Rizzo. Rizzo. I love me some Rizzo. Oh, man. All right. Hulkling 93. Cole, why do you have to bring logic into this? Can't you just have fun? That is a Vince McMahon response if I ever heard one. I said that's been their slogan and their motto for the last 20 years. Ignore the logic and just smile. Queen Firepanda with the $10 super chat. All right, Solomonster. See, I remember who you are. Tomorrow, my prediction of Cheeseburger winning the Royal Rumble comes true. Cheeseburger. You want to take a bet on that? AWOL with the $10 Super Chat. As uh, Kevin Owens takes a nap here. Roman Reigns' title reign has seen him become the longest heel world champion. Now he is the longest heel WWE champion, only including that title at 298 days, passing Billy Graham at 296 days. That's actually a very good point. We think of these record-setting world title runs. You think of Bruno San Martino. You think of Hulk Hogan. Uh, They were babyfaces. Those were babyface runs. Uh, I hadn't thought about that from a heel perspective, but uh, I guess that that would be true. Uh, Bread Hart. I think Cody is going to win, but I don't want him to win. To me, he comes across as a phony politician that is always on campaigning mode. Well, I think Cody has said that he actually wants to have a, a future in politics. He might run for 
Senate at some point. I could see uh, Senator Senator Rhodes or Governor Rhodes at some point. I could see that. I think Cody sleeps in his suit. Every photo I see of him. I mean, we, we saw Jim footage of him on, on TV tonight. But he's always got that suit on. I feel like he sleeps in it. Uh, David. $5 super chat. While I would not change it, as Rhea and Cody seem like the right picks for the Rumble, uh, is it a letdown in the sense that it takes away any surprise? No, I mean, you know, for years there have been predictable winners of the Royal Rumble. So, to me, it's just... Yeah, I mean, it does take away some of the element of surprise. If we're right, we could certainly be wrong. Triple H could swerve us into somebody else. But, you know, the tale of there being predictable Rumble winners goes back to the 90s. It's really not some kind of new concept. You know, when Austin was at his peak, people knew Stone Cold was going to win the Royal Rumble. And they were okay with it because he was over. And they liked him. So, it, it's not a new uh, concept. But uh, it also doesn't mean that they're going to win. Just because we think Cody and Rhea should win doesn't mean that they will. Rodimus Prime. $15 Super Chat. Hey, Rodimus. Thank you, brother. Says, what's up, Solo? Hope your day was good. Looking forward to tomorrow. Hopefully it will be a good show. Cody and Rhea are my picks to win as well. Drew says, imagine Cody's campaign speech. Well, Cody solved uh, racism, don't forget. Cody Cody single-handedly solved racism in this country, so he could just run on that. That could be his whole platform. Uh, Chris Miner, IRS, wants to know if my super chat includes taxes. 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 Thank you, Chris. Uh, Slim Yoshi with the $10 Super Chat. Since we are at the same wavelength with Cody and Seth entering at 1 and 2. Well, I didn't I didn't say it has to be 1 and 2. I said they'll be the final two. Uh, but he says, why don't they do a repeat of WrestleMania 38? Have Seth come out at 1. Have Cody at 2 with the epic prelude this time. Yeah, I mean, they could do it. But I don't think they have to be. I don't think they have to be one and two. I just said that they would end up being the final two in the rumble. What party would Cody be part of? The Nightmare Party. He's gonna start his own party. Maximus the Merciful, one of our new channel members. Hey, Maximus. I remember watching. <laughs> I remember watching Tundar the Barbarian in the eighties. Now I can't unsee Gunthar fighting monsters side-by-side with Ukla the Muck. Is it Muck? Muck or Mock? Ukla the Mock? The Mighty Gunthar. I love it. Love it. Terry Allen Jr., excited for WWE 2K23? Have you seen Cody's model? I did. I saw the image on uh, social media of Cody's model from the new game. It looks uh, very realistic. 
So uh, I am looking forward to getting back into the Sound of Gamer swing of things. Stadium J, two nights of Mania and two titles to challenge for. Sammy wins the Chamber and challenges for the Universal, and Cody wins the Rumble and challenges for the WWE. The uh, problem with your plan is that uh, they specifically said tonight in promoting the Rumble that the winner of the Royal Rumble will challenge for the Undisputed Championship. So, does not look like those titles are being split before WrestleMania. Schwartzy with the uh, $14 Super Chat. First time, long time solo. Thanks for being the consummate pro. Is Cody against Roman marquee enough to main event WrestleMania? May the Schwartz be with you. May the Schwartz be with you as well. Um, I think it is because you got two nights of WrestleMania. And if it was one night of WrestleMania, I still think it would. Yes, I do. I think after that performance at Hell in a Cell last year, I think Cody, he earned himself a lot of brownie points with that in the eyes of a lot of fans. And I think uh, building him up with the videos, the big comeback, and we'll see what the reaction is in, in, in the Dome tomorrow night. Um, I think it is. You know, it, it, it's not... I mean, it's not Roxena or something, uh, you know, really big like that. Uh, and frankly, it's not even Roman and Lesnar. Because Brock Lesnar is a mainstream name. You know, he, he mainstreamed his name uh, fighting in the UFC many years ago. People know who Brock Lesnar is. Cody is not yet at that level. But I think that it would be a marquee enough main event for WrestleMania that I would accept it. I think a lot of fans would accept it. Uh, Scott, who, by the way, Scott Woodford has been a sound of legend for almost two full years. Necro Butcher is now MAGA Butcher and Jasmine St. Clair is his valet. Uh, six days until the Jericho cruise. Enjoy the cruise. I met Scott on the cruise, actually. I When I went on my one and only Jericho cruise before COVID, Scott was on the uh, on the ship. So uh, enjoy the cruise. It was a good time last time. I'm sure you'll have fun. Rooster Loving Man, what is a long shot rumble surprise that you would want tomorrow? Mine is Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner, I, I can't I can't see that happening. Uh, I know he's kind of back in the good graces of WWE now. They put him in the Hall of Fame. I just think physically, I, I can't see him doing uh, anything for them. Um, long shot Rumble surprise. Are we talking winner or are we talking just someone entering as a surprise? Long shot. <laughs> I would say a long shot is WWE picking up the phone and saying, hey, hey, uh, Disco Inferno, we want you in the Royal Rumble. And then you know, poor Disco, he would hear Triple H laughing in the background, just saying, I'm just fucking messing with you, and then click. That would be a long shot. Right? Uh, Jordan, my long shot would be Shane McMahon. That's my long shot. After what happened last year, I would say Shane McMahon is the long shot for the Royal Rumble. Jordan, thank you for the 999. Jordan plays. Uh, EJ Slamp, if The Miz can be a two time WWE champion, then so can Sami Zayn. You will not find someone who despises The Miz more than me. Worst WWE champion of all time. Worst champion of all time? 
Uh, Rizzo, I don't know about that, but uh, Rizzo says, personally, I did not like it when Vader took liberties with a young wrestler. Same with Athena and Lacey. Yeah, but... Yeah, but Rizzo, you missed the whole point, though. Which is that Athena and Lacey did not take liberties with anybody. That's the point. People thought they did, uh, but they really did not. Uh, Rob G, Kane's best tag team partner was X-Pac, not Undertaker. I, I like Kane and X-Pac as a team. I'm not going to argue that. I, I enjoyed the Kane-X-Pac combo. I enjoyed that, and, you know, I enjoyed when... Uh, remember when X-Pac got Kane to uh, talk for the first time? Suck it! Socket. Kane's first words. You always remember the uh, first words when they are spoken. D.E.H. Sires. Actually, uh, Ted Evans. I almost missed Ted. Ted Evans. Drop it a $20 super chat here on the stream. Uh, Ted says, my favorite LTB story... Uh, long-term booking, that is, by the way. Was SummerSlam 97. Sean, special referee, tied into both Undertaker and Brett, and Kane was tied into The Undertaker. Who do you think came up with this storyline? Who came up with the Kane storyline? I, I I, mean, I think uh, the idea of introducing a brother for, for The Undertaker, I, I thought that was a Russo idea. Um, but I don't know if that, that's what you're asking about, though. Sean, Sean being the special ref. That, I don't know. I don't know who, who specifically came up with that. I was always of the impression, though, that the Kane stuff came from, uh, came from Russo. But again, I could, I could be wrong about that. I, I don't know. Uh, DEH says, caught some NXT level up. And these NXT women are cracked. Which NXT woman would you like to see in the Rumble? I would pick Roxanne, Sol Ruka, and Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany Stratton, she's not main roster ready yet, but Tiffany Stratton in the Royal Rumble I think would be kind of cool. Uh, Bearwolf says Cornette came up with the Kane idea. Was it? That was a Cornette idea? It doesn't sound like a Cornette idea to me. I've heard so many different things. Russo came up with this. Cornette came up with that. Bruce Pritchard came up with this. Pat Patterson came up with that. Maybe it, it might have been Cornette, though. Cornette was on the creative team back in 97. So it could have been him. Uh, Groovy Goose, Bane Super Chat needs subtitles. <laughs> Cody wins Royal Rumble, in my opinion. Uh, Jordan with the $5 Super Chat. Hey, Solo. Do you think anybody other than Cody, Seth, or Sammy can win the Royal Rumble? I love your show and watch every time that you are on. Thank you, Jordan. That uh, means a lot to me. I appreciate that. When you look at the Royal Rumble winner, uh, you you, know, you look ahead to WrestleMania and say, can I envision this person being in the WrestleMania main event? Could I envision Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, or Sami Zayn this year? being in the Wrestlemania main event. Yes. Is there anybody else in the Rumble that I could see in the Wrestlemania main event? Yes. 
Brock Lesnar has been in the WrestleMania main event before. Uh, but I don't honestly believe that they will put Brock Lesnar back in the main event this year. He'll be working with Bobby Lashley. So I don't know that there is anybody else that I honestly believe would be realistic in that spot. I think it's... it's. I think it's one of those three, and I don't even think Rollins has a very good chance at it, so it comes down to Cody and Sammy. I really can't see it being anybody else. I mean, I know there's been talk of Stone Cold and Roman Reigns. It's it's just... I No. First of all, I think that would be a terrible idea. Uh, but I don't, I don't see that. If The Rock is in there, if The Rock ends up being a big surprise, it's all, it's all a big swerve, then The Rock is going to win the Royal Rumble. If The Rock is in the Rumble, The Rock wins the Rumble. That would be the only other person who I think would have a realistic shot. Baron Corbin and fucking Miz and Omos, I mean, they're not winning the Royal Rumble. You know... If AJ Styles was in there, I might say he has an outside shot because we never did get Roman and AJ during this heel run that Roman has been on. Uh, But unfortunately, it looks like AJ's not even going to be able to make WrestleMania this year. Schwartzy. Unlikely that Cody does not win the Rumble. His comeback coupled with fulfilling his dad's dream of gold is irresistible. Also, we all wish to see Pat McAfee as a surprise entrant. May the Schwartz be with Yeah, and look, you could always do the Cody story later in the year. You could do it next year. Uh, But I think think it's going to happen now. I think the time... I think the time for it to happen is going to to be now. I think they got him as the uh, the winner. Maximus with five bucks. You do the Uncle Howdy and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Howdy. That's right. We got it. We got to do that. Oh. That's a, that's a, I just had a super chat idea in my head. You do the Uncle Howdy and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. We're going to turn Uncle Howdy into a meme here on the stream. Groovy Goose, would a Cody LA Knight feud work? Maybe for the title. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cody and LA Knight would absolutely work as a feud. Lakers Pats, I want to take a concerto from Tony Storm and Nikita Lyons, but instead of using chairs, they use their assets and they crush my head. Uh, Slim Yoshi, I recently revisited the 1993, 2003, and 2013 Royal Rumble matches in preparation for 2023. Buy, rent, and sell on 93, 03, and 13's Royal Rumble matches. Uh, well, you know, 2013, other than the winner, I don't really remember too much about it. I don't remember it making a real impression on me. 93 I liked. I mean, 93 was not 92. And, you know, Macho Man looked like a fucking idiot at the finish. I like 93... 03 was okay. That was the one Brock won. I would go 93, 03, and 13 in that order. I think I think you nailed the order. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, Luis Belmont show walkthrough is $10 super chat. I have a better chance of pulling a ghost rare winged dragon of what? I have a better chance at pulling a ghost rare winged dragon of Ra out of legendary duelists rage of Ra than either Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble. Uh, Andre Israel, do we get a Titus World slide tomorrow night? No, I don't think we do. Joseph Brooks, what's been the best women's Royal Rumble match so far in WWE? I really like the finish of the one where Bianca came down to Bianca and Rhea. But I think the first one in 2018, I remember that one not being uh, not being too bad. So I'll, I'll go with either one of those. Brock Benningfield, 499. Who do you think will be the next to be called up from NXT? I think coming out of uh, Stand and Deliver and WrestleMania, it'll probably be Braun Breaker. Uh, I think Grayson Waller will be called up too. After he loses to Braun Breaker next weekend, I think it won't be that long before we see Waller. Or as he's, it, I gotta say it the right way. It's not Grayson Waller, it's Grayson Walla. I think Grayson Walla is gonna be called up after uh, Vengeance Day at some point, maybe within a few weeks. Rizzo. Bliss fan is the biggest Bliss fan in this chat. I call dibs on being the biggest Lacey Evans fan. Well, you may be the only one. Uh, Emmanuel Medane, 999. This stream has gotten me through spending the night with the in-laws. Ready for the rumble tomorrow. Well, sounds like you were rumbling with the, uh, you were going to rumble with the in-laws tonight. And then I saved you. I made the save. You're welcome. Retro KOH, hey Salamas, or have you ever considered doing a Be the Booker Royal Rumble match? Uh, I've I've considered it, but it would take a very long time. So we're not we're not going to be doing that. But I ha- I have had people ask me about that. Uh, Rizzo, my promo when I run in at Hog solo, you me in this ring for the skull belt tonight. That belt that belt doesn't leave this house. That belt is under lock and key. So you will you will never see this belt. On the wall behind me every now and then you'll see it. That's about all you're going to see. Thomas Ron didn't cross needs to lose the hair to be more menacing. You sound like Vince McMahon now. I don't think the hair has uh, anything to do with uh, any perceived issues with uh, carrying cross. Boney. What was more extreme? ECW or Jackass? Uh, I would say Jackass. Hoofman Entertainment. I've predicted if predicted Rumble winners is not uh, a bad thing. Then why did McMahon lose his mind when Russo predicted Brett winning it on Livewire 
in 97 because he's fucking insane. That's why. I didn't think it was a big deal when that happened. You know, I mean, I thought, okay, it's just, it's Vic Venom on one of their, you know, magazine shows who's predicting Bret Hart to win the Rumble. Guess what? Most people, including myself probably, even at that age, probably thought Bret Hart was going to win the Royal Rumble. I don't think that anybody would have heard that and said, oh, it's a spoiler. But, you know, Vince... Vince freaked out. Look, what year was it at the Royal Rumble when Christian was going to make a comeback? What year was that? It was. I think Christian was going to interfere in a match between Edge and Jeff Hardy, I think. And I think word leaked out and Vince freaked out and he changed the plans and so he sent Christian to ECW instead. You know, it's like, who cares? It would have been a big moment. So it leaked. So what? The man's out of his mind. Yes, Fire Panda, the original plan in 97 was for Brett to win the Royal Rumble. Uh, Dan Teller, Gunther reminds or Gunther eliminates Brock, which sets up for WrestleMania. I would rather Cody and Roman than Zayn. Uh, well, I don't think we're going to probably get Brock and Gunther either. Uh, but Fire Panda says, so when are you buying us all front row tickets to WrestleMania this year? What gave you that impression? HBKC83, do you think James Storm should have had a better run as the world champion? Would you have put the title on him in the first place? On James Storm? Eh, probably not. Bobby Bobby Roode was the one to really get behind. I enjoyed his run. When he, when he went heel and was the champ there for a while, and then the, the dirty heel stuff with Austin Aries. I was a big fan of, Bo- of uh, Bobby Roode's run there, towards the end of his run in uh, Impact. Pillow versus Pillow. Have you heard Karrion Cross's impression of Jesse Ventura? It is spot on. I have heard it. I have indeed. I have heard his impression, and it is probably the best Jesse Ventura impression that I have ever heard. You're probably thinking of the same clip, Chris Van Vliet. They were in the gym working out, and uh, Chris was getting ready to do a set. and You couldn't see him, but you could hear Cross off camera. He was doing his Jesse Ventura. <laughs> He was talking about like the Gulf of Tonkin or something, like you know, try to pump him up and get him all motivated. And I couldn't see him, so I'm just picturing Ventura in my mind, and it's like, it's like the voice is coming from the man himself. It was, it was unbelievable. It's almost as good as the Dan Soder Randy Savage impression, which is the best Macho Man impression that I've ever heard. Uh, Bearwolf says, I liked Bobby Rhodes' original TNA theme. What, is that the uh, the cousin of Cody? Or do you mean Bobby Roode? I don't know. I don't know a Bobby Rhodes. <laughs> uh, Anti-Ambishop 07. Uh, Evening Solo Monster. Jamie Hayter against Emmy Sakura on Rampage was awesome. Must see. Plus, hopefully this rumble will be good. Lacey Evans equals mid. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. The uh, Jamie Hader match. We had um, a lot to cover here on this stream, so I was not going to delay it anymore by watching 
Rampage. So I will uh, check that out later. Yeah, Bobby Rhodes. Was I the only one who noticed that? I don't know. I don't know no Bobby Rhodes. I'm sure there's one that exists somewhere in the world. Maybe he wrestled. But uh, I certainly don't know who he is. Cody Rude. <laughs> Bliss fan is adamant. Adamant. That both Alexa and Bray must win tomorrow night. What is going to happen on the stream if I come in here tomorrow night, Bliss fan, and both of them have lost? What what will your reaction be? This this I need to know. Hunter says you can book a Rumble Final Four and be the booker. Now that works. What do you think? How about tonight? I know the Rumble is tomorrow, but how about, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, We're going to do that for the men and the women tonight. The tag team be the booker will be the normal, the normal be the booker. But we're going to do something a little, a little different tonight. We did smash our likes goal, so thank you for that. We are going to book the Royal Rumble Final Four. For the men and the women tonight, and be the booker. That that is my reward to you for helping us smash our like goal. And by the way, keep driving that number up. By the way, maybe we'll do it again tomorrow night. So uh, I like that idea. Let's go ahead. Let's do that. Let's be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. I like that idea. Let's give that a shot. That that I can do. That won't take up too much time. So, we'll start with the men. Again, we're going to pick four names. This is the final four in our Sound Off Royal Rumble edition. This is going to be most interesting. We begin with the Tribal Chief, who is not in the Royal Rumble tomorrow night, although the outcome of the Royal Rumble will affect him directly. Roman Reigns, who himself has won a Royal Rumble before. So we have the reigning undisputed champion is our first pick. Not a bad way to kick off this edition of Be the Booker. So Roman Reigns is number one. We have John Moxley, the former AEW world champion. Someone who is very familiar with Roman Reigns. So he is also going to be part of this Final Four. Would you look at what we have going on here? This is this is something here. We got Roman Reigns. We got John Moxley. Do I hear... <clears throat> man, I can't even talk. Do I hear a Seth Rollins anywhere? Seth Rollins is in Be the Booker. Wouldn't that be something? Yokozuna is in the final four. That's two Samoans. John Moxley is outnumbered here. We got Roman Reigns. We got John Moxley, and we've got Yokozuna, all former W, well, former or current WWE champions. <clears throat> 
This is a this is a championship final four here. We gotta end this on a high note. We gotta end this on a high note. Here we go. Here we go. Now we don't need Grandpa Shawn Michaels. Roman Reigns, John Moxley, Yokozuna, and Pat McAfee. Yes. That I like. That's actually a hell of a Final Four. Roman Reigns, John Moxley, Yokozuna, and Pat McAfee. It's a nice little uh, variety there, right? Pat, Pat's uh, okay with me. Pat's okay in my book. Pat's a fun guy. I'll take it. There you go. Hey, we got to do this more often. We're already having better luck here with this uh, version of Be the Booker than we were all the other Be the Bookers that we've done. This, I have a feeling this is where uh, things go downhill. It always seems to go downhill when we hit the women's be the book. I don't know what it is. I just don't, I don't get it. So I'm hoping no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Here we go. This is the women's final four in the Royal Rumble. We begin with Roxanne Perez. This is back in her Roxy days, former Ring of Honor Women's Champion, reigning NXT Women's Champion. Not bad. Not bad at all. Roxanne Perez. I like how uh, in both of these, by the way, we both started with two current active champions who work for WWE. I should ask all of you, by the way, I didn't even ask the question. Who do you think wins in that final four? Roman Reigns, John Moxley, Pat McAfee, or Yokozuna? Who's going to pick Yokozuna up over that top rope? So we kick things off here with uh, Roxy. Joining her will be Rhea Ripley, who I predict will be the winner of the Royal Rumble match tomorrow night. So we've got Rox, we got Roxanne Perez, and we've got Rhea Ripley. This is this is going good. This is actually going really well. I don't want to jinx it, but I like where this is going. Here we go, number three. Oh, boy. (laughs) It is Alicia Fox. One half of Cameron's all-time favorite match. Let us not forget. Melina and Alicia Fox had an all-time classic that uh, Cameron of the Funkadactyls, to this day, still remembers fondly. Yeah, I jinxed it. I know, I know. But there has to be somebody in the final four that they gang up on and dump out over the top rope, right? So, there you go. Now, if we end this on a strong note, Alicia Fox could be dumped out by the other three. So, this could still work. This this could still work. We end with Bailey. There you go. I told you it would work out. Rhea Ripley, Bailey, Roxanne Perez, and Alicia Fox. They all gang up on Alicia. They dump her out of the ring. We end up with these as the final three. So then who wins? Is it Roxy? Is it Bailey? Or is it Rhea? I'm going with Rhea Ripley. 
There's Perk Angle on the screen. What do you think, Perk? Perk's like, I'll take all three. I'm hardcore. Look at this guy. Look at that guy there. Right? Kurt Angle's like, I'm, I'm hardcore. I'll take all three. That's our boy. That's our boy, Perk Angle, right there. Oh, I forgot the tag teams. <laughs> I was... I was so hung up. I was so I was so hung up on the on the uh, final four with the women that I forgot. Oh, that's okay. We'll do the tag teams tomorrow night. I gave you something different for tonight. Tonight was Royal Royal Rumble edition to be the booker. So there you go. The tag teams. We'll, we'll get to the tag teams again tomorrow. I'm not going back to it. I got more. I got more super chats here. I got to get through. But see, it worked out. It worked out very well, actually. That was that's probably the best be the booker we've done so far this year. <laughs> uh, Juan Ocampo, uh, buy or sell Austin's disturbed theme, or Goldberg's two thousand and three theme? Oh, disturbed. Austin's disturbed theme, I think, is actually uh, quite underrated. Uh, retro KOH. Not exactly what I hoped with my super chat, but this is cool. Thank you, Solomon. <laughs> well, you're quite welcome. Uh, Maximus the Merciful says, uh, buy or sell Lacey Evans boot sole or Michael Cole's shoe after the F5. Oh, Michael Cole's shoe after the F5 was great. I thought that was a great moment. Cameron Spencer, I know you aren't, but I'm a huge Sanity fan. I don't watch, but I would return if they did. That'll be a huge deal to me. I really like Sanity. I have heard uh, nothing about them recently. It sounded, now I think Eric Young, isn't Eric Young back? I think Eric Young's already back in WWE, but um, that's why that's why they that's why they killed him off on Impact. They murdered him. Although we never did, I don't think we ever saw it on camera though. So they left that little opening there if they ever want to bring him back. Because he'll be in the Impact Hall of Fame one day. Uh, I, I've heard nothing about Sanity. I don't, I don't think it's happening. Uh, Luis Belmont show walkthroughs with a $5 super chat. I would rather see Roman Reigns against Cody Rhodes than Brock Lesnar against Bobby Lashley. That's fair. That might be the most sensible super chat yet. Thank you, Luis, that you uh, that you have sent me. Keyshawn Johnson, what is your favorite WWE stage? Um, that could mean so many different things. Are you talking about pay-per-view stages? Because there have been um entranceways, even for some of the frankly, some of the syndicated shows that uh that I enjoyed. Look, I, I enjoyed the old <clears throat> Raw is War stage and ramp, the Ovaltron on Smack, SmackDown with the ramp in the original SmackDown days. Pay-per-view stages uh, that I, I've enjoyed. <clears throat> Having been there in person, the most incredible live stage that I have seen 
was WrestleMania 33. And I wasn't even really a fan much of WrestleMania 33 that year, uh, but the stage was incredible. And I've never seen a ramp at a wrestling show that long before. It was 80 yards to go from the entranceway to the ring. But it was, I mean, it was just, it was gigantic. It was beautiful. They had the the mock roller coaster in the background. I think there might have been a globe uh, behind the center of the stage. It was beautiful. It's a beautiful stage. So I, I might go with WrestleMania 33. And just being able to be there in person and see it instead of just seeing it on TV. Like, seeing it on TV doesn't do it justice. To be there live and see that was incredible. And I think I remember that they spent something like $5 million or something, I think, on that setup. It was, was really, it was a sight to see. It really was. Uh, Slim Yoshi, I'm glad this year's Men's Rumble is making up for the lack of star power last year. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Red Panda liked the Survivor Series 2002 stage. Yeah, that was Madison Square Garden. Uh, look, I mean, we can go through all of the different uh, pay-per-view stages and setups that were that were great. Uh, Royal Rumble 2000, where they had the giant taxi cab above the short entranceway at MSG. Uh, I've said before, for those who don't know, the short aisleway at MSG is no longer there. Uh, they've done renovations to the building. They've gotten rid of it. So, you know, rest in peace, short aisleway. It's not there anymore. But... Um, you know, Royal Rumble 2000 with the with the taxi cab was really cool. Uh, a lot of those backlash shows with the giant swinging hooks, I always thought that was cool. Um, WCW had some cool ones too, like the Halloween Havoc stuff. I always enjoyed. You know, just I mean, it looked like somebody bought Halloween decorations for their house. You know, you had the mock tombstones and uh, scarecrows and stuff like that, but they had the giant pumpkin. I just like I like it more when there was more um you know creativity that was put into it. And uh I understand it costs a lot of money and they have their LED boards and they hate you know they they would hate to not use those. But I just wish we would get a little more creativity when it comes to some of those state and I'm not just talking WrestleMania. I just mean some of the you know premium live events. Uh I wish that they would still do that for some of them. Everything now just looks very, uh, there's a sameness to it all. Um, so, I like it when they run the baseball stadiums. Just because it's it just looks different. I appreciate it when they when they go outside the box. I used to like the, the uh, spring break shows. WCW would do at Club La Vila. Kevin Nash doing a cannonball into the pool. Has the giant chased after him. Actually, I think the Giant may have uh, press-slammed uh, Scott Hall into the pool. And then I think uh, in, in running away from him, I think Nash basically, you know, 
instead of, instead of selling it like uh, he was afraid, Nash was like, I'll just jump in myself. And he totally no-sold it and did a cannonball into the pool. Na- Nash is uh, one of a kind. Yeah, Raw, Raw has had the same basic look now for 25 years. You know, they have the, the LED boards now, but very, very little in the way of real changes when you uh, when you watch the show. Uh, Heavy Metal Thunder, you're thinking of WrestleMania 24, where the referee, that was Charles Robinson, who sprinted down to the ring during the main event like the Ultimate Warrior. It took him, uh, it probably took him legitimately a full 30 seconds to get down to the ring. Which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but that is, that's a long time. Yeah, the pirate ship stage of WrestleMania 37 was, was very cool. Probably built it the year before, but they couldn't use it. So they used it, they used it the following year. Keyshawn Johnson with the 499. Do you think AJ is still a main event talent? Uh, and do you think that he will win the world championship within the next two years? I don't think he will win the world championship within the next two years. And to me, yes, he's still a main event talent. He, he's getting older, mid-40s now. Can't do some of the things he used to do. But I do think he's, he can still be a main event talent for them. I don't think the crowd would have any difficulty buying into him as a, as a main eventer. Uh, Yukio Rules, did you ever have the WWF wrestling buddies as a kid? Yeah, I had the Ultimate Warrior. I had the Ultimate Warrior. My brother had Hulk Hogan. WrestleMania 34. Remember somebody, uh, some fan, did a 3D rendering of what the WrestleMania, the last one in New Orleans, what the stage was going to look like. And I, I remember seeing it, it looked amazing. And I'm like, oh man, I hope that's the stage. And then it wasn't. But I remember that rendering that that guy did, and it was like, yeah, they, they gotta they gotta do something like that. They gotta hire this guy, bring this guy in to help out with that. Uh can I see Orton or Big E making a surprise return in the Royal Rumble? No. Big E will I can tell you with one hundred percent certainty, Big E will not be in the Royal Rumble. You know what? I should I shouldn't even say that. I will say with ninety nine percent certainty that Biggie will not be in the Royal Rumble. I can't imagine that he has been saying for months now that uh, the doctors will not even look at his scans until the one year mark of his injury, only to throw us off the scent so that he could come back at the Royal Rumble. I I take him at his word that he will not talk to his doctors about the scans until March. Uh, March will be a year since he got dropped on his head. Randy Orton, things have been very quiet on the Randy Orton front. Um, I, you know, if those social media photos are to be believed, he had surgery not that long ago, so no, he's not going to be in the Rumble. But I can't tell you how old those photos were. You know, The photos that popped up on Instagram of him and his wife, and, and Orton was laying in a hospital bed, either pre-op or post-op. For all we know, that was taken in July, and they were posted in December. Who knows, right? You know, we're wrestling fans. We're supposed to be naturally skeptical about all this stuff. But uh, in the case of Big E, Big E will not be in the Royal Rumble. Big E may, Big e may never wrestle again. This is, this is 
far bigger than is he going to be in a Royal Rumble match. Uh, JB said, Roman mentioned The Rock's ring shape on The Tonight Show. Interesting. Now, was that something that, how did that come up? Did Jimmy Fallon ask him about The Rock specifically? Or I I would wonder how that question even came up. Uh, Daniel Malcolm, how long will it take the Royal Rumble to get used to a Roman reign? How long will it take Roman Reigns to get used to... I don't know what that means. Uh, Takes at least six months to recover from that type of surgery. Yeah, I mean, to go back to Orton again, we just don't know when he actually had the operation. Things have been unusually quiet uh, on the Randy Orton uh, injury front which makes me a little suspicious, but uh, I'm not expecting him to be in the Rumble. Okay, so Fallon asked him about the rumors of him facing The Rock. All right, well, I guess we'll, we'll have all of our answers in less than 24 hours. We won't have... I'll actually be very happy when this is all over because, I, frankly, I'm so sick of... <laughs> the Rock, is he going to be there? Is he not going to be... I, you know, I'm, I'm so done with it. Like... I just want to get through this rumble already and just move past this rock stuff. Honestly, I'm so, I'm so sick of even talking about it. Yeah, Barry. I mean, that's a good point. You know, Jimmy's questions and and that's the case with a lot of these hosts. Sometimes, you know, the questions are, are pre-prepared in some, or they might plant some questions in there. Hey, we, Look, we could all be getting swerved here. You know, we can hear if you smell and out comes the rock tomorrow night. Everybody get he gets that big pop, right? Because you know the people in that building are not they're not gonna not pop for the rock if his music hits. But if he's in the Royal Rumble, it's over. It's a done deal. He's not he's not gonna be in the rumble and then lose. So if we hear his music tomorrow night, there's your Royal Rumble winner right there. There you go. Uh, Juan Ocampo, remember after tomorrow to point to the sun. Yes. Always put the finger up and you point that way. You point to the sun. All right. Uh, JB says uh, he got asked and Roman said, I heard uh, ring shape. Well, I'll have to uh, see if I can find footage. I have to see this interview now. You're going to make me watch Jimmy Fallon. I hate you for it. Hunter says, number 30, we will either hear the glass shatter or if you smell. What if they both came out? Here comes Austin and Rock together. Down to the ring. I think that building would implode. Although, whose music would they play? I guess you can do that. You got to have them come one by one. (laughs) Yeah. I injured myself. I I pointed. My arm snapped. I think I, I think I pulled something. I think I'm out of the rumble, guys. I'm not going to get cleared for the rumble tomorrow night. Sorry. I'm on injured reserve. All right. Well, we got a big stream coming up tomorrow night. It is the Royal Rumble. 
And uh, you guys know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be back here with you live. And uh, maybe if we get the likes up enough, I'm going to set a big goal for tomorrow night. Then maybe we'll do another one of these uh, Rumble Be the Bookers. We'll see. Uh, But um, I will be with you as soon as the pay-per-view is over and you come back here to the channel. So hit the subscribe button. Uh, Because when I go live, if you're new here, when I go live, you'll get alerts about that. New videos go up, special features. Uh, You will get the notifications. Make sure the bell is in the on position. Uh, Thank you for helping me. I believe I was told that we broke 72,000 subs tonight. So if so, uh, I don't have the number in front of me right now, but thank you for 72K. I appreciate that. Thank you for all the super chat love. And uh, I will be back with you tomorrow night. We're going to have some fun. It's Royal Rumble time. Only once a year. Hopefully it's a good rumble. I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow night. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.